beautiful people out there in podcast land my name is paul workman i'm zach mccoy and it's trap and we are your oscar crouches <laughs> welcome back to the oscars the podcast like thursday that. show <laughs> <laughs> uh, our thursday show acting direct where we take a look at the filmographies of oscar winning actors who decided to take their turn behind the camera and what are we watching this week zach well we've got a new actress behind the camera Sally Field directs a 1996 Disney Channel original movie about a tree, a nun, and a guy. All right. And this is everybody's first time watching the wonderful world of Disney's The Christmas Tree. Oh, yeah. I didn't give the title. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. I didn't even notice. (laughs) The Christmas Tree. This is my first time. Same here. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I could imagine myself watching this at 14. Good God, no. I could have watched this. At Especially since over here in the States, 10. it came on ABC. 96. And mm-hmm. not the Disney Channel. So that's right. also like another turn off <laughs> for young Trav. Mm. I and don't I mean, really know too much stuff I was watching on ABC at the age of like 11. I was still watching one Saturday morning. Oh, yeah. They had Recess. <laughs> yeah, Recess by Paul and Joe. Mm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, um, this was a TV movie, so no Oscar breakdown. I didn't see any uh, any other awards consideration for it. So we're going to just jump into talking about Sally Field's The Christmas Tree. Oh, okay. You don't got an Oscar breakdown for uh, good old Sally? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, we'll talk Sally Field as an Oscar winner who uh, hilariously, uh, Greg O'Neill has been tweeting me, tweeting huh. us about uh, Sally Field's uh, first Oscar win for Norma Ray. Yeah, I saw that. Which uh, came out in 1979. He said it's now his favorite film of 1979. And uh, I can't agree with him because all that jazz came out that year. Mm. And I've never seen Norma Ray. It's oh, you should very good. You should see Norma Ray. It is excellent. Uh, Sally Field would then go on to win her second Academy Award in 1984 for Places in the Heart. Uh, I always forget she was not nominated for Forrest Gump. That seems shocking to me. Mm. Uh, but she would also be nominated for Best Supporting Actress for Lincoln in 2012. And uh, she wasn't nominated for Steel Magnolias? No. I don't, even, I don't remember if anybody was nominated for that. That's wild. Yeah. That is crazy. The only other nomination she's ever had is uh, Lincoln? Lincoln. Wow. Uh, Julia Roberts got nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Okay. And that that was the only nomination that that film garnered. So. Okay. I guess it was like a pick pick one from, from that year. Well, I mean, it is just a murderer's row. So it only makes sense. Yeah. All right. Sally Field. Let Sally me know Field. She does. Sorry, I'm so obsessed with just looking at her stuff. 
(laughs) (laughs) Bring some stuff up. We'll talk about it. Uh, No, you just forget about some of the films that she had been in. Like Mrs. Doubtfire? Like Mrs. Doubtfire. I told her (laughs) she's so good in that. Yeah. Uh, She's great in um, Homeward Bound, too. Oh, yeah. She's she's sassy. sassy. Hell, yeah. (laughs) God, what a treasure. What a treasure. She really is. She's so good. Like, is she maybe the best character in 80 for Brady? Uh, I don't know. I love Lily Tomlin in that film. But mm-hmm. Sally Field's really good. I like that she's the only one under 80 and <laughs> she's uh-huh. so, so on her jersey. She's just so sweet in that movie. I'm only 75. <laughs> All right. So I mm. guess we'll dive in to right. the Christmas tree. Y'all want me to start this thing off? <laughs> you can if you want. Uh, this movie's ass, bro. This movie Ooh. sucks Ooh. so bad. You know what? Ouch. Probably watching it in April. Don't do it no favors. <laughs> but yeah, this movie sucks. Definitely, damn sure, weren't, was not going to enjoy this in 1996. Mm. So yeah, this this is a bad. This is a this movie sucks. Really, <laughs> this movie sucks boring as hell <laughs> i was actually surprised at how much i enjoyed it um i i wasn't really looking forward to it but it had i felt like it had uh decent production values for a, t- a 90s tv movie like there was nothing mind-blowing about it but it was the direction and the camera work was fully uh um I don't want to use the word adequate, but it was good. It was serviceable. It, it was on par for a made-for-TV movie in 1996. Okay. Maybe uh, maybe TV movies have fallen off a bit, and I forgot the, where they were at in the 90s. But I thought some of the some of the camera work was good, uh, like some of the swoops and things into different characters and situation transitions were smooth. And, yeah. and, it, and it, it was nicely edited. And I... I uh, there were a lot of moments that kind of made me laugh, especially the the one sister early on who was all about that cheese. Like, um, <laughs> like there was two different parts where she was just like, "Give me to that cheese, 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 cheese," and then like a minute, a couple minutes later, she's just like, "Cheese, cheese, cheese," and <laughs> like, okay, she knows what she likes, and and you know she's got her focus. And I thought it was sweet. Um, I did think you know probably two thirds of the way into the movie, it started to get a little boring, and it was like focusing too much on this sort of unlikely and also as time went on kind of like uh over dramatized friendship but i'll hold thoughts so here what paul has to think is this the best movie we've watched on acting direct (laughs) (laughs) this movie's amazing (laughs) of course the one I, Christmas movie you enjoy is this hot love, seeming pile. I love Shazam. An actual made for Christmas Christmas movie. I I think this movie's fine. I I had a good time watching it. Uh I like how Oh, mascot of the podcast F odd people Brox. Hello. That um, alone was much better than this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think this was a sweet movie. Uh I think uh uh, sorry, I'm distracted by dog now. Um, train of thought. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get it back. Here it comes. Here comes the train of thought. Oh no, my hot wife just walked in. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, one thing I'll say about uh, you know, Trav mentioned watching it in April. The movie takes place in March, so there you go. It's it, 
or at least at the beginning, because he's like, "It's nine. I need a tree in nine months." Yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I I just think it's a nice movie. I think everybody's doing an, a good job in it. Like I said, I I think it's on par with most made-for-TV films from 1996. You know, uh, especially the wonderful world of Disney type. Mm. And uh, there's a tree in it, and <laughs> the guy from Weekend at Bernie's hugs a tree. <laughs> <laughs> that's true i kept trying to remember where i knew him from <laughs> i uh i i sent a picture of andrew mccarthy hugging the tree to josh Kahn uh-huh. from dairy public radio because uh they interviewed andrew mccarthy on their podcast oh nice while they were during covid while they were covering uh stephen king's kingdom hospital because he was uh-huh. the star of that show oh wow so it's like, here's a picture of your best friend, Andrew McCarthy, hugging a tree. <laughs> he, yeah. said that, he said that uh, if you read his his uh, his biography, that he and the tree dated for a while after this. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds nice. I like the overall themes of, you know, the uh, connecting with a little girl, connecting with nature and helping her deal with her trauma and um it was a little odd the way they filmed the tree, you know, really kind of moving and <laughs> being alive. But, but, you know, again, I think a lot of that is more uh, metaphor, metaphorical than actual, perhaps. And yeah. And, and just the, the imagination also, of a young girl. This yeah. week, you, you understood the metaphor this week, Zach. <laughs> Unlike well, the unicorn, you know. The unicorn. <laughs> 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 yeah um and I, I liked you know some of the flashbacks and the backstory and stuff just the i didn't mind listening to the the story i um i do think that kind of maybe rushed towards the latter parts where um but i mean there's a real deadline of having to get a tree and all that but there was some kind of forced drama with the assistant slash girlfriend and um mm-hmm. and that probably could have been paced a little better but the overall heart of the movie i think is sweet and pure yeah i don't think they could have rushed this any faster for me i just literally gave two shits about anybody (laughs) in this film like i don't give a fuck about this none i don't care about what is the head gardener i don't care about her tree i just don't care about anything in this film any drama that's going on in this film i am emotionally disconnected from everything in this film you didn't even like ross's ex-wife from friends going to be killed in world war ii no i didn't even know that that was ross's ex-wife yeah the 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 nun from when she's a little girl that's like i gotta go i gotta go fight nazis and they're like and she died (laughs) she dies yeah you had to get up out this film She's I'll see you later. <laughs> um, I shared a song with you guys earlier. I don't know if you listened to it. Really, it doesn't matter if you did or not. But in my you head, to, you sent it to me as I was sitting down in the theater to watch oh, the right. worst right. film of all time. It's not a song you would probably care about. It's by a, a folk metal group called Weathering Heights. It's just called Tree. But the way they um they sing about this tree because it's like all knowing and all powerful and. The, the chorus is just like tree tall as a mountain tree. So whenever she calls the tree tree, I'm thinking of this song. 
so that that color is a lot of my opinion of tree um being tall as a mountain is strong and all powerful now if they would have had that song in this movie i might like it a little bit more because <laughs> just off of that little one sentence jingle i was kind of digging, digging. Now i gotta go listen to this so you sent it to me and i saw that it was weathering heights and i was like is this a, a cover of the um kate bush song uh kate bush song <laughs> weathering heights <laughs> No, they're they're a folk metal into uh Tolkien and D and D kind of band. So you mean like songs, most metal songs metal bands? Yes, all metal bands are just nerds. metal bands. Yeah, it's a bunch of nerds. Yep. Yeah uh, this this movie just doesn't do Sally Field any any favors for me. I'm glad I watched it though. Yeah, I I don't in think April. she's doing any magic or anything. But she's very she's very uh, adequate as a director for her first time behind the camera to direct a TV movie and make it uh, serviceable and and get the point across. Uh, yeah, I mean, and like with Disney, with with the Disney TV movie of the week, Wonderful World of Disney stuff, in through throughout time, they have they kind of have an in-house style and you're yeah. going to make the movie that Disney wants you to make no matter what you do. So uh, I'm not going to put any of like too many of the failings, well, if any on Sally field, you know, you have to, she didn't have to do this movie. Let's not act <laughs> like she was some starving director well, trying to get a break. She chose to do this movie. She chose to deal with all those things. Well, so any faults definitely she no, see, and, she chose. And I don't I don't agree with that almost at all. Because yeah. yes, this is the this is the project that she ended up doing, but you're you're negating decades upon decades of Hollywood sexism and how hard it is for even famous women like Sally Field to get a movie made, even today. But and, she still chose to do the movie though. She could have just said, fuck it, I'm not I guess I'm directing's not in the list for me. And and I don't know I don't know how much she had to fight to even get this movie made or if she went to Disney and said, "Hey Disney, if uh if I make something for you, can I do something for me?" and they might have been like, "Okay, well let's see how the ratings do on here. Have the script to the Christmas tree." I I don't know how this was set up because I couldn't find any I mean, there's literally on no it. information on this film. Like I could yeah. barely even find like the title of this movie outside of IMDb. Yeah. And, and I wanted to, I really wanted to find out how Sally field came to make this movie. And mostly like she gets to do an actual Hollywood movie next. And I'm excited to talk about that movie, but I, I'm only going to lay so much at her feet because I don't know how she came to make this movie or how hard it was to even get this movie made. Yeah. Um, I will say I, uh, as I was watching it and as I was enjoying it, I was like, you know, I wouldn't hate adding this to my um, small collection of Christmas movies if I could pick it up. Because I kind of like to check out lesser known um, Christmas movies rather than the big staples every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the only place I could find it was on RareDVD.com for like 41 bucks. And I was like, damn. <laughs> okay. 41? Yeah. I mean, why... Why why would this get a DVD print? You know what I mean? Like that DVD print's probably a bootleg DVD yeah, probably. Print of some sort. I mean, it comes out before DVDs are a thing. And 
who's clamoring to get that on DVD? So I doubt, you know, there's any any money being shelled out to get this film on DVD. Dude, it's so hard to make a good Christmas movie. And I think that's why the staples are the staples. Because mm. every year you get a bunch of Christmas movies and every year they don't work. Yeah. And, because it's hard to make a Christmas movie. Because most years you just end up with like Christmas with the Cranks. Yeah. Or that, or that one with Danny DeVito. That I uh, and Matthew Broderick that I could never remember the name of. And some are yeah. so bad. I enjoy like Jingle All the Way is so bad, but I still love it. But it's just a horrible movie. Like yeah, Jing- Jingle All the Way has that camp factor though, where right. everything it everything's so heightened and it's so silly. Just like Fred Claus, a terrible movie, <laughs> but it's such a stupid concept that I enjoy this movie because it's so ridiculous, but it's not mm-hmm. a good movie and it's hard to make good Christmas movies. Yeah. So not every Christmas movie can be Shazam. Yeah. That's all I really have to say. I, I thought it was sweet. I enjoyed it, but it maybe went on a little uh, longer certain parts than it should have and rushed other parts where it could have compensated. Yeah. Find I- a balance. I, I think we could have lived in the end a little bit longer than we did. Yeah. I think that was kind of a sweet revelation. Yeah. Especially after that nightmarish animation they had, <laughs> the nightmare she had with the star and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> a demon biting her hand or whatever. Yeah. Silliness. Is that what it is? Silliness. Absolute silliness. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is, I think this is going with the, uh, Life, the Star Wars Life Day special into my rotation of Christmas movies now. <laughs> oh, this movie wishes upon a star, yep. uh, upon something, upon a demon. Mm. <laughs> All right. Any other notes for the Christmas tree? Don't make mm. me watch this again. All right. So next okay. week we're watching the Christmas tree again. <laughs> the lower pixelated version on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, this one won't bad enough. <laughs> but until then. We're going to go into our worsty judgments. And Trap, we're just sitting on your Sally Field ranking or your overall rankings. This is this is definitely one of the worst films we've uh, we've watched on this particular show. For sure, I'm trying to see where I would rank this. Um, yeah, it's not as bad as. I was gener- I gave it two stars, but I feel like it really doesn't deserve two stars from me. Um, it's not dead last, but uh, it's it's down in the bottom five for sure. That, right. That's that. That's all I got to say. There you go. Zach, how about you? Well, uh, I have it at the top of my Sally Field list. I gave it a loving three stars. I uh, like it's at the point where I th- like I said I think it was sweet and. Um, you know, depending on your mood, it could be a, a serviceable time. It's not anything I'd highly recommend, but I have it um, in my overall rankings just behind the two Jakes and above drive, he said. So there we are. Three stars. What about you? Uh, I'm going to give it the old Dave Meltzer six stars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just under good night. Good luck for me. I haven't. I haven't ranked these things, actually. So uh, Seriously, I gave it three and a half, and I think it's a nice movie, and it's a good time. Uh, so you're probably not going to watch it with your kids, because it is very slow. 
Yeah. No, my kids would not be interested in this. No. In the slightest. I will say, I think it's a better movie than Bruised, which Zach, you know, hasn't watched yet. I haven't watched yet. Mm. All right. Well, then we're going to call it there. Trap? Follow me. Can people follow you on the media social? Oh, you can follow me on the Instagram at ZK Audio. I'm on the Twitter and the TikToks, T-R-A-V-I-O-S-Z-K. We're also on the letterbox, raking and raking. What did I say? Raking? Rating yep. and ranking my daily movie watches. And yo, today, well, not today. I don't know why. This week, bro, I finally got to saw Creed 3. Hell yeah. And even though it was my least favorite out of the three, those fight scenes how they were shot, especially that last fight. Good that last fight. So good. good God. Everything they talked about in interviews about all that anime inspiration lived up to it. Yeah, boy. Uh, yeah, that it was shot in. Cre- Michael B. Jordan had a vision and this dude executed it. Just thought the pacing of the story was a little, I don't know the word rushed. Yeah, I could feel that. I needed a little bit more from the story. That's fair. All right. Zach, where can people find you? You can find me on Critiker, Zach Master, X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R, TikTok at House Havoc, Letterboxd by searching my name. And this week, your boy finally got to see that Andre Rublev from 1966, Tarkovsky. Yes. <laughs> Everybody's been waiting. Yes, and I'm actually lying because I haven't finished it yet. It's four hours long. I've only I'm only half, I'm halfway through it. Perfect. I'm going to finish it this weekend because that's how I was feeling. I was feeling sick. I was sipping tea and watching black and white Russian film. It's like, yep, that's where I'm at. There you go. So, Paul, uh, follow me at Shark Dress Men on TikTok, where Joseph Happy and I are covering all sorts of shark related content, and you can follow me. At Father of the Fear across Twitter and Letterboxd, where I keep a running tally of all the films I watch. And this week, I watched the newest DPOM. That's a Disney Plus original movie. Compact. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to watch that, man. It's excellent. And I really enjoyed it. It's got my man in it. Yeah. uh, And I now think that uh, Peyton Elizabeth Lee, the lead of this film and the show, uh, Doogie Kamealoha. Uh, should uh, follow in the footsteps of Zendaya and be the biggest star in the world. Uh, she is amazing. And mm. she deserves all the flowers. Every single one. Nice. No more flowers for anybody else. None for Algernon. Nope. None? Definitely not for Algernon. Stupid rat. <laughs> you and uh, Christina Reynolds are on some rat stuff. <laughs> What's she watching now? <laughs> she is talking about unethical rat testing. Ah, uh, I didn't see that. <laughs> I've mostly left Facebook, so good I don't for you. Blame you. Like, I don't like how when I scroll through Facebook, I see five ads and then the same three posts over and over again. Yeah, it's terrible. Then five ads, then the same three posts, five ads, and it's like I honestly, I just pretty much stay on my Instagram reels. Like, I really ain't on social media. I just like to watch reels. Yeah, I've mostly been on Twitter, and that's uh, led to a lot of doom scrolling, as I keep talking about. Yeah, you, you got to be careful with the twits. Yeah, I didn't get to watch a couple of movies this week because all that bullshit going down in Tennessee. 
take me to another place, take me to another land, and that another place, another <laughs> land is what we're watching next week, Zach. Well, we're watching what I can only assume is an autobiographical film. It's not really, but Sally Field's Beautiful, which you can rent on Amazon, Google, Hulu, Philo, Sling TV, or YouTube. Not currently streaming for free anywhere that I see. Cool. Well, then. <laughs> Trav. Cool. Trav, we'd like to thank you for producing our podcast. We'd like to thank uh, Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. We'd like to thank Megan and Jay Bellevue for our beautiful artwork the show on Twitter and Instagram at Oscar Worsty Pod and on Facebook at the Oscar Worsty Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave a nice, nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. It really helps us to be seen in the almighty algorithm. The almighty algorithm of five stars on top of five Christmas trees, five dreams, five wishes of loveliness. That's right. So, for Trap and Zach and uh, Ross's ex-wife, from friends, we'd like for you all to have a damn fine day. <laughs> <laughs>